Welcome to Metro Charities podcast series on equality. I am Emma Jones, head of Insight at Metro, which gives me the privilege of delving deeper into all the work we do and chatting to colleagues across the charity who deliver services in HIV support, mental health, youth work, sexual and reproductive health services, and a range of community-based projects in Greenwich, Lewisham, Croydon, and other London boroughs. Marking the 10-year anniversary of the Equality Act coming into law on the 1st of October 2010, this month we have been reflecting on the significance of the word equality and what it means to us as a charity that started as a lesbian and gay rights group campaigning in the early 1980s. Metro champions equality as part of our central mission. This concept and practice is pivotal to the services we provide in supporting people who have protected characteristics recognised in the Equality Act legislation, including those with diverse sexual orientations and gender identities, deaf and disabled people, and black and ethnic minority service users and women. In this podcast series, I'll be speaking with senior leaders in the charity, both members of our paid staff team, as well as those who contribute voluntarily to realising our commitment to equality and diversity. Please join us in reflecting on the progress and barriers to equality leading up to the 2010 Equality Act legislation and beyond. So my name is Emma Jones. I'm the head of Insight at Metro Charity, and I'm delighted today to be joined by Naomi Goldberg, who's the director of strategy at Metro Charity and is in Metro's senior management team. Naomi, um, could you tell us uh, something more about your role at Metro? Okay, so here at Metro, I manage a wide range of services, including the human resource and volunteering team, the and three other managers. One manager manages um, MetroGAD, which is the organisation for disabled people in the Royal Borough of Greenwich. She also manages MetroGAVs, which is the Council for Voluntary Services in the Royal Borough of Greenwich. That means um, it supports the voluntary and community sector in the borough. I also manage a manager who manages the Connecting Communities Alliance that manages a range of uh, an alliance of a range of organisations that work with vulnerable people. She also manages the hate crime service for LGBTQ plus people in Greenwich, Lewisham and and, um, and Croydon. Um, she also manages the allotments or Metro Orchards in um, North Eltham. Um, we also, um, Taz also manages the uh, Walnut Group, which is a prostate cancer support group for LGBTQ plus people and an over 50s LGBTQ plus um, drop in as well. We also have a drop in for mental health, um, uh, people with mental health issues who are LGBTQ plus as well, which is every Thursday that Taz manages. And then last but definitely not least, um, I manage a, a job set share post that oversees a large um, grant fund for LGBTQ plus organisations across the United Kingdom that supports those organisations over COVID. And I also um, do a range of other issues around equalities in um, Lewisham and Greenwich. And I am responsible for the overall management of the um, of Metro's strategy and the associated balance scorecard that goes with that strategy. Whew, I think that's it. Just a small something. job description then. Something, but I can't remember what, yeah. <laughs> that's wonderful. Thank you. Um, just describing uh, the services that as you did there and the areas of work, I mean, get a real sense of, of the diversity of, um, of, of the work that you're involved with. But also um, in terms of the equality agenda, 
the protected characteristics, certainly in terms of LGBTQ plus, um, as well as other uh, areas that you're you're engaging with. I'm just wondering for you, um, given that Metro is an equality and diversity charity, why is equality so important to you personally in your work? Personally, because uh, if you don't think about equality and diversity in people's individual and collective needs, you can't provide effective services to people and then alongside that obviously for you know, hundreds of years there's been never-ending discrimination around a range of um, people's lives and their characteristics and therefore alongside that ensuring that the services that Metro delivers, delivers meet people's needs it's also um, supporting people so that they have a voice with other providers whether that's in the council the NHS other voluntary organizations the private sector etc so unless unless we 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 as an organization and as we as a society actually address equalities properly we're never going to have a, a uh, a society that deals with poverty, that deals with that inequality in its very broadest sense. Does that make sense? Absolutely. But uh, just sort of thinking back, because I, I know, um, having spoken with you myself, that you've a sort of long history of working in, in the, the public sector as well, well as the voluntary sector. And sort of how, what, what first kind of sparked your, your interest and passion for equalities? Um, I guess I was, I'm, I'm quite old now, um, I'm 56 and I was around during the, what was then the, the Greater London Council, the GLC, when um, Ken Livingstone was leader and there was lots of work being done, particularly around race equality, but also around um, gender equality, particularly for women. Um, it was the start of a movement, mainly for lesbian and gay rights at that point in time, so I was kind of, I was very... I suppose I had a slightly romantic view about the world in your um, uh, late teens, early 20s. So I really wanted to work in the in the public sector and local government because it felt like that if you, you could actually make change at a local level by by that, those kind of those um, those um, views around equalities. So that's when I that's how I ended up on my first camp. My first job was as an admin officer in Southern Council. And I slowly made my way up by kind of moving authorities until my last job I was um, head of policy and performance in Barking Dagenham Council, but nearly all—I mean, maybe not my first couple of jobs—was more about learning around equalities rather than doing anything around equalities. But after that, nearly all my jobs had some sort of equalities element to them. So, thinking about that sort of local level, and obviously you've mentioned the areas of work that that you um, take care of. The Metro Gavs, um, could you tell us just explain briefly again what Metro Gavs is as part of Metro and how it works with equalities in Greenwich. So Metro Gavs is what's called an infrastructure organisation. So um, it supports the voluntary and community sector and that it does that in two ways. One is around ensuring that organisations uh, uh, establish themselves well. So that might be around their policies and procedures. It might be around their, their governance pro um, processes, so their boards. It might be around safeguarding. You name it, we will help um, organisations develop and deliver um, and a particular area of focus is around fundraising and then the other side of that is, is to ensure that the voice of the voluntary community sector is heard by normally it is the council the nhs and the police within the royal borough of greenwich in terms of equalities um, huge numbers of voluntary community organizations are established based on a protected characteristic, whether that's disability, whether that's sexuality, gender, race, organisations quite often um, appear, normally appear because of an issue. 
Um, and so they may well then develop. So, you know, AGK is now a huge um, national charity, but there will also be small, um, specific, um, protected characteristics, so maybe a specific ethnic minority group. So in the borough, there are Sierra Leonean groups and things like that. Um, there are groups around cystic fibrosis. So it may be that you have small groups working on specific areas. In terms of Metro GAVs work, that means that we have to work with a lot of people with very varying needs and approaches to delivering services. Um, it means that we're constantly learning about different things, different um, challenges, things that people celebrate about around their characteristic. Um, it means that we have quite extensive monitoring. So we know whether we are providing services in a fair and effective way to the range of organisations that we support. Um, it means that particularly over COVID, we've done a lot of work to ensure that some of the more vulnerable groups in, in Greenwich are supported, so particularly around mental health, but also issues around Black Lives Matter. That's, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. And I, you also mentioned that we do some work in the London borough of Lewisham and the neighbouring borough. And I was um, just interested in, uh, given that we're reflecting on the Equality Act and um, obviously councils um, fulfilling their statutory obligations around equalities, and uh, how have we approached that? How has Metro approached supporting Lewisham? So Metro is funded to do two things um, around kind of the equalities in the, in the biggest sense by Lewisham Council. Um, to support an equalities working group which consists of all the groups that get funding for, from the council who do work around equalities. Um, and it's also, so it's also fun, funded to do work to what was initially described as an uh, equalities audit process, but we've changed that to an equalities insight process. So that equalities working group has, we've developed the insight process. Um, and we're about to start the first piece of insight work, which will be with the community development team within the local authority. The other area that we is an area for development is supporting the local authorities. So the work that they do around their equality scheme is more effective and more effectively supports the development of services that they um, they deliver to meet the needs of their communities. Wonderful. Um, and just of in terms of that work locally, what you mentioned in Greenwich and Lewisham, how has that impacted on your thinking about Metro's own commitment to equality as one of our core values? I think it's just, I mean, you know, people call it intersectionality. I don't think it's just necessarily, it's also about subtlety. It's just the way that we 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 constantly try to collectivize and that makes complete sense because you can't have a you know, a, a service that specifically delivers to Naomi Goldberg who's got type 2 diabetes asthma and uh, is jewish but doesn't believe in god that's just you can't sort of have one person doing that so how but ensuring that we we understand the the subtleties of uh, of um individuals experience and understand how we can then deliver that in a in a collective way to meet as much need as we possibly can and I think that's really complicated and very difficult and I think they're difficult conversations to have with communities and within within the organization as well and you also mentioned um Black Lives Matter um happening and um the activism surrounding that in the context of COVID um could could you say something more about how that's impacted on 
our work locally um, in Greenwich? Um, Greenwich. Um, so in Greenwich, uh, I think there's there's a lot of anger, and I think that anger, a lot of it stems from the Black Lives Matter movement and the the appalling things that happens in the US. I think there's also then you combine that with the the health disparities that have been highlighted around um, COVID and that anger then also links into sadness, sorrow, mourning. And so there's a great deal of uh, completely, uh, completely get the anger and, and the, the, the pain that people fear, uh, people have and the fear that people have. I think people are really scared at the moment, both in terms of how they'll be treated by statutory agencies, but also they're scared of COVID. Um, so I think Dealing with that is very complicated and very difficult. And, um, and with any change process, whatever that change process is, you have to deal with a lot of emotion. And then alongside that, have ways of, um, of actually people seeing action. And I think that's been difficult in Greenwich. I think Greenwich has tried very hard to, to work with people, but we're still, we're not, nowhere near there yet. I mean, you know, and I think what we need to demonstrate within Greenwich, within Metro, um, within statutory agencies, the council, the NHS, but also within the voluntary sector, is that we're doing something, but also we need to be having a dialogue that ensures that people who have those emotions understand that we're hearing them and listening to them and trying to act, but actually some things can't be done overnight. And I think that's difficult and difficult for people to hear. I mean, when we've spoken before, you've talked about sort of obviously your long history working in this area and the sense of the historical perspective you have maybe on feeling slightly frustrated that change hasn't happened. Um, but I'm just thinking also to your own identity um, and, and in terms of uh, being a, from an ethnic minority and um, your gender. I was just wondering if you could say something about how, your sense of your own protected characteristics and how that informs and has informed what you've been doing over the years i mean obviously i've had we've all been subject to sexism as women and as a jewish person um many people actually in greenwich it's quite interesting because it's a very small um jewish population so most people don't even recognize that my name is jewish but in other places people do recognize that my name is jewish i don't practice the jewish religion i eat pork and do things on fridays and saturdays but um the, I think the, the stereotyping that black people, um, black people um, confront is also the stereotyping that I confront. So the assumption I don't eat pork, I just find that, I find it ridiculous. Um, the assumption that I understand every Jewish holiday, I've not got the faintest idea about Jewish holidays. Um, the assumption that I have certain views around Israel, things like that. The assumption that I... Um, I come from a certain background, I have a certain approach to the world. Uh, those are things that I, I, I get when people recognise that I'm Jewish. I think as a woman, and as a woman who's small, um, the level of um, paternalism, condescension, you name it, can be amazing. But I, I don't know whether it will show in this, this recording, I'm quite stroppy, and I suppose that's my, been my reaction to that, is I probably shout too loud at times, um, I will stand up for my rights, whatever. Um, and I guess, you know, in this society, when a woman does that, that at times people find very challenging. And I guess that is the same with black people at the moment where they're now standing up for their rights and white society is finding that challenging. 
Thank you. So thinking thinking of the future um, and the sense of obviously COVID is ongoing and um, as you said, the repercussions of Black Lives Matter and it's very much still a um, slow process of change. But how, how do you particularly foresee the agenda going forward and things that you'd like to shape and looking ahead into sort of five and ten years? To me, I, I think Black Lives Matter, the equality agenda, if we get that right, it's it's good for white working class people. So, you know, whatever we do, the, the, the disparities that we've seen in London are the same disparities that you're seeing up north, but they're, they're just a different type of, of people who are subject to poverty. So actually, if we do deal with the equalities um, agenda and what, and actually if we do get system leaders, so I mean senior people in the local authority, in the police, in the NHS, to properly listen to communities and we properly do do co-production, then I think we can see real change that will dramatically reduce some of the poverty gaps, the way people have access to services, the way people can not just aspire, but actually, you know, can, can actually achieve things that they may not have been able to achieve um, 10, 20 years ago. That's the theory, but you know, we, I suppose my pessimism is, is that we have been here many times before. Um, the difference this time I think is that the, it's more shocking the deaths both in the US and the deaths here around COVID. I think that it feels like there's a greater desire to do something in the establishment. I mean that in the broadest sense of this the establishment. I think there's an establishment in the voluntary sector as much as there is in in, in the statutory sector. Um, I think the issue is those systematic structural institutional um, structures take a long time to bring down. Um, and and my fear is people may not have the patience for that. And I think it's how do we get change as quickly as possible, as rationally as possible, bringing people with us. I hear you. <laughs> There's a lot there, a lot of richness yeah. there. Um, so just one final question for you. <laughs> As well, as well as just one last thing after the final question, but um, which is which is isn't in the questions I sent to you. Okay. Um, so as as you described yourself as a as the most senior paid woman in, in Metro, um, on the senior management team, how does it feel um, to be a woman in that position for you? And what thoughts do you have about supporting other women to um, become more empowered? Um, sadly, this isn't the first time. So when I was in Barking Dagenham, when I first got my job in Barking Dagenham, I actually was only a middle manager in Barking when I first got that job. I was the most senior woman and I was the most senior ethnic minority when I first started. It didn't stay like that for that long, so it's not the first time. Um, and I think I was the second most senior woman in Barking Dagenham for about four or five years. So I've been here before. Um, I think... I think when maybe in Barking Dagenham, I was much more aware of being a role model um, here and kind of much more myself. Uh, and I hope that myself is is a reasonable role model. But I am aware that some women in Metro, I don't like the word looking up to me, see me as an important kind of figurehead for, for equality and, and women's rights. I... I, I, I hope I, I hope I live up to their, 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 their feelings about me. I know I'm not perfect. And, and I think one of the things about being a woman is that maybe men don't do is just admitting to your weaknesses and being who you are and being 
being some of the things that aren't there. I mean, I don't think I'm a classically stereotypical woman. I'm quite stroppy. I'm, I converge on the aggressive. Um, I, you know, I, uh, but I can also show, show some of those women's um, things. So I can at times be empathetic. I can, I can listen. Um, I talk too much, you know, so I think it's, I don't, I don't think I should be anybody that people look up to, but I am aware that, um, that some people might do that and I hope that they see in me uh, an imperfect person and allows them to feel able to get to where I am or above because actually you can be imperfect and achieve. Absolutely. I think you certainly do live up to uh, <laughs> being a role model for working with you. Um, but just on that of, of gender, just a, a quick thing, because I think um, certainly I'm conscious in the time that I've worked at Metro and, and learning through working at Metro, um, thinking more about um, gender identity and the diversity of, of how people identify. Just wondering how, how that uh, has affected your thinking about equality in the time that you've been involved it is interesting maybe if i was 30 years younger maybe i wouldn't have she um she her um uh, pronouns i don't know i've no idea um i know i was never i was i was very lucky in the way i was brought up so i was you know my dad believed in the white heater technology he had three daughters he wanted us to do what the hell we wanted i don't think he had any sense of us having gender um so um uh I, I think I think it's I think the concept of gender is probably becoming outdated and at some point in time we were all going to be going to be they them but that may take another hundred years um, so yeah I suppose it's made me realize kind of the lack of importance of, of gender actually and I know it's important to people's identities at this point in time in history but I think in you know in the future it may not be important and shouldn't be important actually Fantastic. Can you give me just two words to end with for you that sum up equality? The right thing. <laughs> um, the only way. Um, That's wonderful. That's more than... Yeah. <laughs> that was six words. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks for listening to Metro's podcast on equalities. Please join us to continue the conversation online by following us at Metro Charity on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. You can subscribe to our podcast series on your preferred app. And to find out more about our services, please visit our website, metrocharity.org.uk. Thank you.